I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into College Football Live. I'm Kelsey Riggs. It was a big win for Florida State on the road in Death Valley in overtime this weekend. It's Talk to Me Tuesday, and we've got one of the defensive stars, Kaylin Deloach, standing by. Plus, the Cinderella story, well, it's over for Colorado. But are the Ducks one of the most dominant teams in the top ten? Plus, how did the Irish get things back on track as they head on the road against Duke this week? We discuss the stunner in South Bend that had everyone watching. I was watching. Um, my wife got this YouTube TV. Must be 150 games to watch. So, uh, you know, I'm in hog heaven uh, on Saturday night watching, watching those games. Who's not on hog heaven on a Saturday night of college football? <laughs> Alongside Greg McElroy, Desmond Howard, I'm Kelsey Riggs. Great to be with you. I can tell you one person who was probably not happy to watch this game back Saturday night on repeat, and that was head coach of Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, Ohio State. They won a close one in this top ten battle. And ten is the key word because the Irish lost the game right at the end with only ten men on the field for the final two plays. Massive mistake for the Buckeyes. And the, the Buckeyes, rather, were able to cash in. But Marcus Freeman says they've got a better plan moving forward. You can't um, let 10 guys be on the field and not see it. But two, you know, we have to be able to – we came up with a call, a signal to be able to say, hey, you have to jump off sides and, and, and touch somebody on the offense so you can stop the play. Right. And so it was a learning opportunity for myself and everybody um, involved with our program. And so it's not a sense of panic. It's a sense of urgency to go get this team to continuously improve and to execute it the manner we need them to. So Coach Freeman says it's not time to panic our analytics. They agree with him. The Irish are still favored to win each of their next five games. That includes road games against Duke and Clemson, as well as a home matchup against Caleb Williams and USC. You guys, we know the standard at Notre Dame is college football playoff. It's championships. They've already got one loss, and as you just saw, a tough schedule ahead. So, Des, you'll be back covering the Irish again in Durham for, for college game day. Is there added pressure on this team now after what we saw last week? Well, Kelsey, I don't think that there's uh, added pressure. I mean, they understand that the, uh, they let one go. They let one get away Saturday night. They had Ohio State exactly where they wanted them, and they let them escape, and they walked away. The Buckeyes did with a victory. But I think they have a lot of confidence as far as a team, Notre Dame, knowing that they can play, you know, with some of the top teams in the country. Now, that was such a, a, a failure of um, – a functionality, meaning the operation didn't go as planned. Defensive coordinators, Al Golden, who's a head, who's a former head coach, he has a guy on the staff who is the guy who says, this is the package. And he's the person, it may be a defensive backs coach, linebackers coach, I'm not sure. But every coordinator has an assistant coach who makes sure that the players, the defensive players, that they know the package that's going on the field, and they also are supposed to to count the players. The other person who would count the players 
would be the middle linebacker. You will always see him making sure everyone who's in front of him is in their gap for this particular defensive call. So, I mean, it goes so far beyond Marcus Freeman, Greg, even though he's going to take all the arrows. But we understand Al Golden, he gets $2 million a year not to have that mistake happen. Well, it's an unfortunate mistake, and it's a little bit at the moment – it's kind of par for the course for young coaches to make big mistakes. It happens. The problem is most young coaches don't get their first job at a place like Notre Dame. Kirby Smart, for the record, made several mistakes early in his tenure. A bunch fake punts in an SEC championship game. A lot of people disagree with who he started at quarterback. And yet, here he is, two-time defending national champion. Marcus Freeman is an elite coach. He's an elite recruiter. And he has this program heading in the right direction. Nothing that transpired last Saturday makes me feel any different about Notre Dame. And I think actually for many people, a lot of people came away from this game impressed with what they saw from Notre Dame, and rightfully so. They took a perennial national championship contender on, the, on a big stage, a ton of pressure, all the eyeballs in college football paying attention. They took them all the way to the wire and almost had it with three seconds to play. Now, they came up short as a result of their own undoing, but it's another step, I think, in getting more national respect. Notre Dame's always propped up, but a lot of people are very quick to tear them down. I think this is one of those strange games where actually you can come away with it, being somewhat impressed with both Ohio State and with Notre Dame. Well, and they're going to get another chance on a big stage as they have the primetime game with Duke again this weekend. And as I mentioned, College Game Day will be there. Greg, the other side of this, of course, is Ohio State. And they were down four with two minutes left. They put together a 65-yard drive that ended, of course, in that touchdown. But do you still have questions about Ohio State? This was a 3 nothing game at the half, and they're able to battle back. The, the one question I have is, in the event, and by the way, this was a knockdown drag out. <laughs> highly physical game that was determined at the line of scrimmage but this has been a team that has really relied for many years on big plays and they did so again this past weekend against Notre Dame you get the big 61 yard run by Tradeon Henderson around the left hand side you get busts in coverage you see the third and 19 was a remarkable throw but even worse coverage from Notre Dame dropping deep into the end zone and allowing the underneath so if there is another game this year where Ohio State's defense doesn't play as well as they played this past weekend, which is entirely possible, we saw it last year against Michigan, we saw it last year against Georgia, it is a realistic possibility that at some point down the road, Ohio State's defense won't have their A game. Will their offense be able to create enough knowing that that group, as of right now, is still, I think, a bit of a work in progress, Des? I tell you what, Greg, um, on the field, looking at this game live and in person, like especially the first half was underwhelming. I wasn't impressed with either team offensively, offensively or defensively. The second half, obviously, like you said, they had some big plays. But when I watched Kyle McCord, and he gave Notre Dame's defensive backs some opportunities to be heroes. As a matter of fact, before the game started, I was standing on the sideline with Harry Lowes and Harry Douglas. And I told him, I said, McCord is going to give this, these DBs that pick right there, potential pick, would have ended the game. And here's another opportunity. When, when the ball was, yeah, right there, there's another defensive back that had the ball right in his hands. I counted at least four opportunities where defensive backs dropped picks, especially 
the last two at the end of the game both would have ended the game. So I think that when they go back and watch the film, they're going to be happy. They walked away with a huge victory against a quality opponent on the road. No doubt about that. But now when you start to look at the film, man, especially as a quarterback, Greg, you understand you're going to have to correct these mistakes because some of these other secondaries, they're not going to be as bad as, as far as catching the ball as Notre Dame's secondary was. No passing touchdowns for Kyle McCord in that game. He's got six so far on the year and just one interception. Hopefully you guys don't have too many questions about Ohio State because apparently Ryan Day has taken names and notes. He was pretty fired up after their game. Take a listen. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. All right. So I love the passion. Uh, I had to rewind it a couple times just to watch to see what he was so fired up about, Des, because he had a lot of energy and enthusiasm after that game in that post-game interview. Does this become a distraction for this team or kind of a rally cry if you're one of the players in that locker room? Well, I'll tell you what, Kelsey, uh, Greg, I like Ryan Day. I've always liked him. Um, he's always been just a great guy to be around. I just think that the emotions just boiled over at the, at the end of the game. And it was, it was um, a message for his fan base. There's no doubt about that. But outside of his fan base, it was a distraction. I was on the field. I saw Lou Host there. He had players actually holding him up on the field because that's how um, – that's how he's physically he's not able to stand up on his own. So mentally he's sharp, but physically he said himself that he's having issues. And for him to say, hey, where's Lou Holtz? It was almost as if, if Lou Holtz was on the sideline, like he wanted to have a face-to-face -face with Lou because of all the um, adrenaline going through his body. So it wasn't his best moment, but um, I think it's a distraction for everybody outside of Buckeye Nation. I'm sure Buckeye Nation, you're right, was fired up to see him that fired up. But uh, it was an interesting postgame interview, to say the least. We've got more coming your way here on College Football Live. 27 teams off to impressive, unbeaten starts four games into the season. Find out who Des and Greg think are truly dominant out of the bunch. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today, we talk with our pads. The Cinderella story is over, man. They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. Touchdown, 
Oregon. And Knicks is carving them up. They are dominating in all three phases. I hope all those people that have been watching every week are watching this week. It's a good old-fashioned butt kicking. It's no excuses, no nothing. One thing that I could say honestly and candidly, this is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. Oregon's win over Colorado made a big statement. Let's take a look at what else went down in the Pac-12. Utah got it done without starting quarterback Cam Rising as the Utes won 14-7 against UCLA. Utah has now won 17 straight at home and also now have four straight wins at home against AP-ranked matchups. Cam Ward threw for uh, 404 yards and four touchdowns and added a touchdown on the ground in Washington State. 21-14 win over Oregon State. The Cougars improved to 9-1 in their last 10 games against Oregon State. And Michael Penix Jr. threw for four more passing touchdowns as Washington took down California. Penix Jr. recorded his seventh career game with four passing touchdowns at Washington. And Caleb Williams, he had five total touchdowns as USC picked up a win against Arizona State. Williams became the first USC player in the last 25 years with 300 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns in a single game. And now let's take a look at this week's college football rankings brought to you by Capital One. The Pac-12 has four teams in the AP Top 10, Washington, USC, Oregon, and Utah. It's the first time the Pac-12 has had four teams ranked in the top ten in a single AP poll. Des, it usually feels like at this point in the season there's at least one team that is above the rest. So far this season, not sure who that team is. For you, is there one team in the top ten that kind of stands out right now? Well, uh, Kelsey and Greg, I, I would have to say Washington. Very impressed with the Huskies, the way that they go about their business. Coming to the season, I picked them, not USC, to win the Pac-12. And I tell you what, they've been delivering week after week. And what I really like about them is that they don't care who the opponent is. They play to a standard, not to an opponent. They went up to East Lansing. That game was over halftime. I think it was 35-0. And then last Saturday against Cal, before the offense took the field, it was 14 to zip. They had a pick six, and then the next three and out for Cal's offense, they returned the punt for a touchdown. So I love the way that the Washington Huskies, that at this point, Greg, they're playing to a standard, not to an opponent. Des, they're the team I'd least like to play. That, that much firepower on one field, good luck. <laughs> you better score 50, and it's a lot of pressure on the opposing offense. But the most complete team I've seen this year are the Texas Longhorns. They don't really have a flaw. I mean, the deeper I dive into this roster. I look at the offensive line, I think they're legit. I think the quarterback play is vastly improved. I think wide receivers have been elite. But I'll tell you the biggest difference between this year's version of Texas and what we've seen in recent years is that their defensive line is among the best in college football. And I would even go as far as to say they're the most impressive group, the most physically dominant group I've seen so far this year. Now, will they ultimately be the best as we fast forward to the end of the season? I don't know, because there's still some teams like Georgia that I think has a really high ceiling and some young players that might emerge down the road. But this team from top to bottom has almost no holes. The one question I have might be the secondary, but with the pass rush that you're likely to face against Texas, I don't know if that secondary will ever have the chance to potentially get exposed. So Texas, to me is the most complete team I've seen through four weeks. They, of course, already have that signature win over Alabama. Florida State, probably another team that could be in the conversation with the signature win over LSU and then the overtime win that we just saw this weekend. 
It's time now for our ultimate performance presented by BMW. It definitely goes to Kalen Deloach of Florida State. The Seminoles were down seven. Clemson was driving, and then he does that. A massive hit to Cade Klubnik, forces the fumble, comes back up with the ball, and takes it all the way back for six. The Knowles went on to win in overtime, and that was definitely a massive moment, a massive turning point in the game, and I am happy to have Kalen Deloach here with me now for Talk to Me Tuesday. Kay Kaylin, I am sure it has been a busy few days for you. But first of all, watching this play out, I want you to see it and watch it with me because as much of an athlete as I know Braden Fisk is, he's number 55 for everybody watching at home. You see him right there, almost pick it up. Then you end up getting the ball. He tips it to you. What was the talk? Was everybody pretty happy you ended up with that ball in your hand? Uh, yes, ma'am. I, I'm glad Braden, you know, assisted me and, and you know, giving me the opportunity to get the ball. But yeah, everybody was, you know, just saying good job. You know, that was a, a great play. You know, that's what I wanted to go out there and do. It was running right along with you, but you end up taking it back for six. It was pretty cool. And I feel like everyone watching, it felt like it was just a momentum shift in the game. For you, what did it feel like when you ran it back after your first forced fumble in your career and your first touchdown? Uh, it felt so surreal. Like in the moment, it's like you don't hear nothing but like what's going on in the field. So when I picked the ball up in my hands, the, the only thing that was going through my head was like get to the end zone. I don't care how you got to do it or what you got to do. Just make sure you get in that end zone. And you, and you did it. And you had a couple of guys out in front of you blocking, making sure that happened as well. Kaylin, it happened on the road in a really hostile environment. What kind of statement did you guys make about this FSU football program with the win? We, want, we knew it was going to be a hostile environment. You know, going in, we know we were going to have nobody but us. So, like we say, all we got, all we need, you know, just for us to go in that, in that type of environment and show who we are and what we're capable of, you know, it means a lot for us and the program, you know, where, we, where we're standing at right now. And you get a little time to celebrate it now with an off week and kind of soak it in, and then you guys get back to work, I'm sure, immediately. Do we have a special spot? that we Do we get the football and take it home? What, what do you do after, after that one, your first touchdown? I, I wish I got to get the ball and take it home, but uh, I think we had to give it back to, to Clemson. <laughs> but uh, the next one, I, I definitely would probably try to give it to my pops. He, he ran down the stairs when I, when I got the fumble, so next time I might go to him. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Did you see him when he ran down? Yes, I was standing out here the whole time. <laughs> That's really, that's really cool. I'm sure that was just such a great moment for you and for your teammates, but your family especially. Kaylin, congratulations on all the success thus far. We can't wait to see what you guys do the rest of the season. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That was a big game on ABC last weekend, but here's our week five feature college football games on ABC and the ESPN app. Number three, Texas hosts number 24, Kansas in Austin, 3.30 Eastern. Then number 11, Notre Dame taking on number 17, Duke Wallace Wade Stadium. Definitely going to be rocking hosting college game day for the very first time on Saturday. Up next on College Football Live, check out this amazing catch from Florida's Ricky Pearsall. Are we going to see a better one at any point this college football season?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should be an awesome scene as game day makes its first ever trip to Durham Saturday 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Duke, of course, 4-0. First time since 2018. They're just one of the teams that is still undefeated. We've got 27 undefeated teams this season. Some more surprising than others. Some probably Georgia, Michigan, those teams we likely expected to see. But let's go three and out on some of the big topics. And Greg, who is the most surprising team for you that's still undefeated? Well, surprising is is a perfect adjective to describe what or adverb. I don't whatever it is. I don't know. I, I forgot second grade <laughs> stuff. But Kansas to me is a really fun one to watch. Now, a, a lot of people probably haven't watched Kansas. Maybe you watched them on Friday night a couple weeks ago against Illinois. Maybe you got to see a little bit about what they did against BYU last week. This team is really, really fun to watch. They have an elite quarterback. They have elite running back play. Their offensive lines rock solid. I think their secondary is among the best in the Big 12. So I think this team, Des, is really exciting to watch and should provide a good test for the Longhorns. They are a fun team to watch. But how about the Utah Utes? That man right there, Cam Rising, Torres ACL less than a year ago. He hasn't taken the field yet, but Nate Johnson, freshman quarterback, he's been playing extremely well. He's accounted for five touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the defense, number one in scoring D in the conference, only giving up 10 points per contest. I love the Utah Utes. Love the physicality. Continuing to keep an eye on when we will see Cam rising. We'll check in with Pete Thamel throughout the week, I'm sure, on that. Let's get to another hot topic, though, and that's Alabama. What can we expect from this year's Alabama team? They seem like they're back on track after a top 15 home win over Ole Miss. And their quarterback, Jalen Milrow, he believes they are. We do have our swagger back, but we do got to acknowledge that we, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do to to reach all of our short-term goals and long-term goals. Um, so we're working progress, but I will say this, that we, we're hungry to improve and we're excited for what the future holds. Des, I like his mindset there, but I like that he said they have their swagger back as well. Do you think that Alabama has their swagger back? I love that whole statement, except that we got our swagger back <laughs> part. Outside of that, everything was 100% accurate. He said, we got a lot of work to do. He said, we got to, you know, correct some mistakes. He said, we got to stay hungry. All of that is true. They are far, far away from getting their swagger back. But I like the, the fact that they went out there, they played strong, especially in the second half. The defense looked good, but they're a long ways from having their swagger back, in my opinion. Speaking of swagger, there is no one who can question that Ricky Pearsall has his swagger after what we saw in this incredible one-handed crab. I mean, Greg, is there going to be a better catch that we see in college football this year? Look, I, I mean, ever since Odell Beckham made that one-handed catch years ago, receivers, like, practice these things, so they've become more commonplace. 
But I don't know how you simulate it when there's two defenders that are about to sandwich you and you reel that thing in with just one hand. That is an absurd catch, Dad. You didn't have those kind, that kind of stick them on your gloves, did you? <laughs> oh, man, no, nah, bro. Our coaches wouldn't let us uh, reach up there with one hand, but you hit it on the head. I mean, the concentration, folks, that it takes knowing that you're about to get sandwiched by two defenders but still focused on that ball and grab it with one hand makes it probably the catch of the year. We're going to see a bunch of one-handed catches because that's what everyone does nowadays, but that one right there was special. Hard to replicate that. They are on the road at an undefeated Kentucky team this weekend. Much more on all of college football's Week 5 action throughout the week right here on College Football Live. We'll see you same time, same place tomorrow.